0: Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Paragons of Earth, the exciting new superhero comic I'm working on with Thomas DJ and Eric Johns. For this comic, we've unearthed a number of obscure and forgotten Golden Age superheroes, plucked them from the depths of the public domain, and completely redesigned and reinvented them for the modern day. It's an exciting cast of characters, and we're throwing them up against the threat of a Lovecraftian apocalypse. It's got action, it's got drama, it's got alternate dimensions and alien worlds, and it's even got a giant shark and Hawaiian shirt. What else could you want? But in order to make this comic a reality, we need your help. The comic is crowdfunding now, and you can help support it by going to crowdfunder.com/paragonscomic. That's crowdfunder without the e.com/paragonscomic. You'll be able to find that link in the show notes, so please double check if you didn't quite get it. Please help make this comic a reality. We are counting on your support. And now, on with the show.
1: Ago, A battle of good versus evil was waged between Samaritan and Nemesis. Twin brothers who became sworn enemies. But let me start at the beginning. They were freakishly strong. They unintentionally hurt people. The residents of the town grew to fear the brothers. They waited until the family slept, poured it up their home, and set it on fire. The parents were burned alive, but the twins were unscathed. Samaritan grew to fight for justice, to be a protector. Nemesis, consumed by revenge, wanted the world to suffer as his parents had. Samaritan tried to contain his brother's fury, So Nemesis forged a powerful weapon, a hammer that he poured all his hate and rage into. It was the only thing that could destroy Samaritan. Nemesis lured him to the power plant, where he would defeat his brother once and for all. brother would come to save the innocent. been told, but I believe Samaritan is still alive.
0: Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and welcoming a new guest today, and that is Devin Whitlock. Devin, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. I was uh, glad to get your email, and uh, before we jump too much into today's topic of discussion, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure,
2: yeah. My name is uh, Devin Whitlock. My pronouns are he, him, his. I uh, have a couple of uh, upcoming uh, comics in the uh, CyberSync anthology published by Apollo City Comics. Uh, I've also got a short comic in the Smash 2 anthology that'll be published by Foreign Press Comics. Uh, Both will be uh, forthcoming. Uh, The CyberSync Kickstarter campaign is actually wrapping up. Uh, It's down to its final week now, uh, time of recording. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, But I guess I'm uh, uh, best known, uh, as it were, for uh, running the Chicago Public Library's uh, Comics Book Club, or as we call it, the uh, Adult Graphic Novel Discussion Group. Uh, I sometimes chafe at that uh, name because we don't always read uh, like graphic novels. We read trade paperbacks. We read memoir. We read mm-hmm. uh, you know, cookbooks in comic form. That's <laughs> uh, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, lots of great stuff. But uh okay. I have a, a newsletter on Substack following uh, uh, all that we read, everything that uh, we're going to read, and you know, all
0: of my uh, upcoming projects as well. Awesome, awesome, uh, fellow Chicagoan. Well, I'm, I'm from the northwest suburb, so I know it, it pisses off people from the city when I say that. But <laughs> 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 I did go to university uh, in Chicago, though. So.
2: <laughs> oh, there you go. I, yeah, you're more of a Chicagoan than I am. I've only been here for about 20 years, so. Uh...
0: Well, that was about as long as I was there for, because I left. Um, I left right before I turned 25, and that's I've been in Japan ever since.
2: Oh wow. Yeah, yeah I, I actually I arrived shortly after twenty twenty five.
0: Yeah, I was switching back and forth here. Um, uh, so with with those comics you said you worked on, what what's your role in it? Uh, writer, artist, uh, anchor, colorist, letter, anything like that?
2: Nah, just a writer. I know uh, they just a writer. People always say you know don't don't say you're just the writer, but uh, I mean yeah I I can't do what you know the the artist or the colorist or the the letterer do. I, I'm mm. blown away and impressed by every yeah subsequent stage of development and the creative process it's part of why i love comics so much yeah
0: yeah yeah it's uh, it's it, it's a grind but it's uh, it's also there's a magic to it as well i know that myself from firsthand experience <laughs> um so uh talking a little bit about so so you're you're not originally from chicago then where are you from originally
2: uh, I'm, I'm originally from uh, New Jersey, actually. Uh, in fact, I went
0: to uh, school with uh, Dr. Sai Islam, a previous oh, guest. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I remember you mentioned to him uh, in uh, in the first email that you knew him. Yeah. Yes. I haven't had him on in a while, though. I've got to reconnect with, with him again at some point. Um, so I'm guessing that's how you heard about the show then was through him.
2: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, saw that uh, he was a guest. I actually uh, I moderated a panel at San Diego Comic Con, uh, of which he was a member. Oh, nice! Uh, what was the topic of that? Uh, to me, my X Men. Uh, let me see if I can find the full. Uh. Like uh, basically, like superheroes, uh, comics, and uh, academia. Oh, uh, cool! Stuff. Very cool.
0: Yeah. He, so was, what kind of got you interested in, uh, superheroes in the first place?
2: Well, yeah. Uh, Psy was the, the major, uh, you know, he, he introduced me to comics in the first place. Uh, we were in fifth grade and he gave me a, a copy of, uh, uh, Vision and the Scarlet Witch, uh, number two. <laughs> <So> I thought <laughs> uh, I, I didn't have the first issue, but I could still like kind of follow what was going on. And, uh, uh and and uh uh it was an issue of the avengers i always forget the number but like uh uh and uh it wasn't namorita but it was like namor's wife or like you know whatever oh i think that was woman i think that was marina if i'm marina that's it yeah the the one where she turns into leviathan uh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah that's why i always have a, a soft spot for monica rambeau uh captain marvel because she was my first mm-hmm. and uh uh and dr druid who the the <laughs> the dr strange knockoff avenger who you know maybe someday he'll he'll get his day but yeah <laughs> uh i i
0: never i've yeah he, i i've read the avengers comics with him and he never impressed me at all as a character but um I've heard that the the Druid series that Warren Ellis did in the early '90s was pretty good, though.
2: No kidding! Wow, I didn't even know that existed. That,
0: yeah, you know, it was like more of a it was more of like a supernatural take on it, more of like an occult take on it. So really leaning into like the Druid concept of it all. Nice. Yeah, that always feels uh,
2: like I was actually just talking with Sai about this the other day. That like a lot of the occult you know, characters, it feels like a wasted opportunity. You like, mm-hmm. go go for the you know. Uh, crazy surreal stuff you know the yeah dr strange dr
0: druid the specter it's mm-hmm. all yeah you know. yeah a lot of those stuff never seemed to really take much hold in the comics there was a brief period like in the 70s and the in the mid 90s uh, yeah. with like the ghostwriter craze in the 70s they had a bunch of like um you know tomb of dracula and that kind of stuff but for the most part it's it's a it's a hard sell and like most of those books when they come out as as good as a lot of them marks they usually do get do are pretty well. Like my favorite is um is the nineties Hellstorm series that also Warren Ellis did, at least the latter part of it. Um and like there was a recent one, uh, this is like maybe actually maybe like ten years ago now, but it was a Howling Commando series and it was um huh. but it was using like all the monster characters and uh oh, I can't yeah. remember the I can't remember the writer's name, but it was really cool. It was a really fun series and they had like the um Dugan was um leading the team because he was like an LMD. And his consciousness Hmm. would keep getting transferred every time his body was destroyed. So it was a pretty cool uh, run. Oh, cool. Um, But yeah, I... uh, And that's funny what you said about how you started off with the second issue of Vision and Scarlet Witch. I remember (laughs) that too back in the day. um, My first X-Men comic was... I can't remember the number. I think it might have been 24. But it was like right before the Fatal Attractions crossover with the Return of Magneto. So... And uh, it, the cover grabbed me because it was I was into the X-Men animated series at the time. And you had Gambit and Rogue on the cover about to kiss. And I'm like, oh, are they going <laughs> to? So I I, bought, I read the comic because of that. And then it's just like it's a it's it's just like this one of those uh, small character stories where it's just like all focused on like the different character stuff. And like oh, like nice. a, a wind down issue or a wind up issue before the big event type of thing. So and I had. I had no idea what anybody was talking about in cuz They were talking about <laughs> Magneto is dead, and uh, who's this girl Ileana that everybody's sad about her dying <laughs> and all this stuff. So I had no idea. I had no context for all of, any of this stuff back then. But um, that's how it was back then in the in the in the early nineties.
2: Oh, that's how it is now. Like you know, it's funny. Like in the in the comics book club, we have a lot of you know, adults, but like the this is their first experience reading comics a lot of the time. Mm. And so sometimes, you know, the hardest sell can be, you know, the know, the Marvel books or mm-hmm. the, the books that are too tied into continuity. Yeah. Know? Like, because they'll they'll start reading it and they'll just be utterly lost from page one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we did the Dark Phoenix saga uh, a couple of years back and it, that just... Did not, you know, like we had like the, the one guy who was like, Yeah, I remember reading this growing up and it was amazing and it blew my mind. And everyone else is just like, Who are these people? What are they talking <laughs> about? <It was> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, Claremont's always like that. It's, it, I think it's impossible <laughs> to jump into a Claremont book without having some background information. um <laughs> Although now I think it's a little bit easier because you've got you've got reddit you've got wikipedia you've got you know all the graphic novels marvel unlimited dc uh dc universe all these different services that you can use to catch up back then it was just the issue and if you yeah. wanted to figure out what was going on because this was this is before the internet even really became a thing so you couldn't yet yeah. nowhere to look it up um if you maybe had a local comic book store <laughs> yeah yeah maybe there'd be an editor's note but it would usually say refer back to this issue and it's like okay where do I get that issue? (laughs) So it's, I do, uh, I do kind of envy the experience that people have now where they can look that stuff up a lot easier. They can just hop on Reddit and say like, what does this mean? Where's this from? And whereas back then it was just kind of like, okay, well, let me go to the comic book store. If there's one around me <laughs> and see if they have that issue. And then you read that issue and it's like refer back to this editor's note in another previous issue and just non stop. Um But yeah, it's a uh, interesting thing with uh, American superhero comics, especially Marvel and DC. Uh yeah. now also you also said that, you know, Monica was your first Captain Marvel, so you've always had a, a soft spot for her. Have you seen the Marvels yet?
2: Not yet. I've got plans uh Thanksgiving Saturday to, okay. to see that with a group of friends, yeah. Uh, okay I,
0: I saw it and i i really dug it it was a lot of fun um you know despite what the the haters online are saying i thought it was it was enjoyable the shorter runtime i think was actually a good thing oh, um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah it it was nice just a you know a breezy like hour and 40 minutes or so and then and then that's it and then it's done it had a really cool uh mid-credit scene which i hope has not been spoiled for you so no well,
2: yeah it's good i'm yeah. going in Stay blind up. yeah
0: Stay off social media, stay off the news aggregators, <laughs> so nothing gets spoiled for you in any headlines or anything. But it's it's a it's a cool one. Um you'll you'll definitely enjoy it, I think. Oh, uh
1: excellent. some
0: Mar- there's a Captain Marvel deep cut in that um in that in that uh in that one. So <laughs> it's really fun. Um uh, so anyway, what kind of stuff are you interested in these days then? Uh yeah, you know, a lot uh
2: uh pretty wide uh breadth of uh genres uh, stories uh last month uh for the book club we read uh Harrow county and I'm about halfway through uh the whole run of that uh really love that that book uh and actually you know speaking of uh marvel and uh you know continuity though like this month we read uh heart volume one uh, mm-hmm. written by e viewing and that was actually really popular and that was you know like a, a Great introduction to a, a really cool character. I, I really like a lot of the the new uh, younger characters, like you know, Ironheart. Uh, America Chavez is like one of my I've, that's the most original character they've come up with in you know a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I hope she gets her due. Um, uh, gosh, and, and the Ironheart that kind of led me down to reading uh, Cowl. By Kyle Higgins and uh, Rob Reese. Uh, uh, if you're familiar with that one, it takes place in no. Chicago in like in the '60s. It it, it basically follows the the superheroes union. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Higgins is doing some interesting. He's doing that with Image, I imagine. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it that I think only
2: had like maybe twelve or sixteen issues that came out okay. uh, a while ago. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Because I'd recently read the first volume of his uh Radiant Black series under a recommendation oh, nice. uh from someone. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. It had uh this nice kind of like, you know, superhero slash uh Power Rangers Tokusatsu feel to it. So <laughs> it was a really interesting book, and I could see why he was he, he was picked for power. You could definitely see why he that he loved his, his love for Power Rangers is not just it wasn't just an assignment he was given for Boom. <laughs> like you could see he's got a definite love for those concepts in that book.
2: Yeah, I've been hearing nothing but good thing. What is it called? The the Massive Verse? The
0: Yeah, that's I I have all I've read is that first volume of Radiant Black, but um I am definitely curious to to read what other stuff is, he's got in there cuz yeah, it seems pretty interesting. Uh so also I want to talk a little bit more about your comics work. How did you get involved in actually writing comics?
2: Sure. Well, I've always been interested uh, in comics. Like even you know uh uh, I've been you know trying to to break in for a while uh mm-hmm. but uh, you know it can be uh difficult uh yeah 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 i uh, i've i've been joking that uh yeah i i finally have my my first published comic coming out uh, later this year and it, it only took thirty years but uh finally managed to make my dream come true <laughs> but uh you know life kind of got in the way but uh uh this came about uh you know pretty recently and uh Almost by accident, I saw uh, the I call for submissions to the uh, CyberSync anthology uh, on, I think, social media somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I had I recently uh, been introduced to the artist, uh, David Escobar, a great guy. Uh, so I just asked him, hey, do you want to come up with uh, something to submit to this anthology? And he was like, sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I... Uh, I uh, Really, kind of wanted to challenge myself, so I came up with just a one-page uh, beginning, middle, end story, and uh, yeah, we we got uh, accepted. So nice.
0: Yeah, thanks. Awesome. So, did um uh did you have the art done before that, or was it just based on the on the pitch alone and the fact that you had a team with you?
2: I mean, that definitely helped. But they they were mm-hmm. they they said in the pitch in the call to submissions that they were. You know, looking for like near-completed comics because they want to get mm-hmm. this you know out to the printer, like ASAP, so mm-hmm. you know I, I kind of thought to myself, well, even if uh, why not, I'll just go ahead and do it, create the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that way, if it does get rejected, you know, well, it won't be like money wasted. I'll just put it up on my newsletter, you know, hype it up that way, uh, right. but thankfully it uh, it got accepted, so good,
0: awesome. Awesome, and then you've got another one coming out later on. You said too.
2: Yeah, uh, same creative team too. Got the uh, David Escobar uh, doing pencils and inks, and then uh, Buddy Bodwin uh, doing the lettering. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a four-page uh, supernatural mystery. Uh, that one, thankfully, you know, I didn't have to worry about having like a completed thing. I just sent mm-hmm. in a, a, a pitch in a script. And mm-hmm. that was just a, a four page uh uh story that I, you know, hammered out in a couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. you know, asked David for a couple of character sketches, sent that in, and then once I got the uh the acceptance email,
0: I like, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, very cool. All right, uh so Thanks. today, uh now for my part I'm not uh cause I've been recording so many of these episodes back to back lately. So it's not, it's hard to have stuff to talk about for that I'm interested in, but um, I did finish Loki. So the second season, so that, oh. um, that finale finally got to finish that. That was a, that was a really great finale. Um, nice. I, I have
2: yet to finish it. So it's
0: yes. uh, again, stay, stay away from social media and, and uh, <laughs> headlines. Cause, um, but it'll be curious to see what, if anything they do with, with Loki after this, if this is his huh. his last hurrah, or if he will come back in some form, um, and then of course there's all the the stuff going around with with Kang because of Jonathan Majors too, and what's going to happen there. So, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. where they go from here. Now, yeah, it's, I
2: I don't know for the I finally got to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and I for the life of me I don't know why they aren't just pivoting to the High Evolutionary that mm. you know, that. That villain was like so, you know, much more impressive and intimidating and terrifying. he's got like the whole uh, uh, support system. Like it, you can easily mm-hmm. see him going after the whole uh, MCU. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But uh, yeah, I, I hope we haven't seen the last of the High Evolutionary. I'll say that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I that was my one. Probably the only complaint I have about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the fact that Iwuji did such a good job as the High Evolutionary that I I want to see him pop up again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I understand why they... I think I'd rather just see them recast Kang, and I think um, John Boyega's a name that's been floated around. I think that'd be a pretty oh, cool okay. choice. Um and I think he'd do a pretty good job. And there are also talks of bringing in doom. I hope they don't go that route. Cause it just feels like they're just kind of like do a quick swap. And I think that would not work so well.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, is the, is the casting news for fantastic four, like confirmed.
0: I keep hearing nothing. Like, you know, like I, all this yeah. stuff is, yeah. All this stuff is complete rumor and conjecture. Like the latest rumor is yeah. Pedro Pascal is, is in talks for Reed Richards. I mean, uh, there is also saying that Mads Mikkelsen might come in for for Doom and which I, oh, I yeah. hope that I hope that one's true. I think he would be perfect for that. But um, when well, we I did that, yeah. yeah, when we did the Doctor Strange episode, I said that, you know, I was really pissed they put Mads Mikkelsen in that movie because they <laughs> wasted him when he could have been someone like <laughs> Doctor Doom. So if they do that, I'd be totally on board with it. But um, at the same time, I'm not. I, I've been burned enough. I'm old enough to remember when <laughs> Michael Fassbender was going to pop up in Wandavision, and Mephisto was everybody from the the male oh. man to the cicada, and and um and how the 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 universes would have the fox universe would officially merge with the marvel universe and how hugh jackman would pop up in endgame and so i'm even old enough to remember when ben affleck was secretly playing deathstroke and christian bale was going to come back as as batman and jason todd was really who jared leto's joker was and so oh my i'm God. old enough to remember all these bullshit rumors so i do not trust anything that is not stapled to an official press release
2: exactly yeah no yeah Well. I, uh it's funny that mads mickelson's getting thrown about for dr doom cuz he admitted... i remember reading an interview where he talked about uh auditioning for mr fantastic mm-hmm. in the the was the miles teller uh oh yeah one mm-hmm. yeah uh, and he he said that he felt ridiculous <laughs> it was like you know having to like pretend that his arm is stretching he's like he 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 said he like felt defeated and just gave up like, it was like <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean that movie was also pretty bad too, but yeah. you know he wasn't he wasn't Doctor Strange and um you know you you're willing to do a lot of stuff when they back a dump trunk full of money onto your front, <laughs> front. <laughs> I remember all the times when um uh what's his name? Roger Moore said he was he he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep playing Bond and then and then Broccoli's just like, okay, here's another zero on your paycheck. And so, <laughs> so he's like, and all of a sudden he was fine with continuing on with the role. <laughs> um but today we're talking about something uh completely different from the MCU, and that is Samaritan. Uh this is a twenty twenty-two film. Uh it was uh, uh an Amazon Studios um original. Yeah. Um And it is based on uh, Mythos Comics graphic novels by uh, Braggy F. Schutt. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly.
2: Yeah, Um, you're a braver man than I am.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, so apparently uh, Schutt had initially wrote this as as a screenplay at first. And then he had, um, and then what he had done was he had, uh, created it into a, a graph series of graphic novels um, before getting the screenplay picked up. And then eventually that led to interest in the, in the screenplay. Um, so i I'm like, people are probably not yeah. very uh, aware of this movie. I, I wasn't, I'd seen it briefly on uh, Amazon. And so that was how I, I learned about it, but I never heard like anybody talking about it or anything. So for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, the basic idea is it's very similar I thought in a way to apt pupil. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. The, yeah. Like apt pupil was this, was this movie that Brian Singer did with um, uh, Brad Renfro. I think it was Brad Renfro and uh, Ian McKellen yeah, where Ian
2: McKellen. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: th- where this, this, uh, this history, this high school history student, he he's like obsessed with researching Nazi Germany. And he start, he finds, he starts to suspect that his neighbor used to be like an SS officer. And he finds out it was true. And it it it's this it's a really interesting movie. It's a really, you know, it's really, you know, th- pretty, pretty good pop boiler, thriller type of thing. But um uh and then this seems to like have the same idea, but you know, kind of flipped a little bit where instead it's this um you've got this hero, the Samaritan, who's uh and then like 15 years ago, him and his brother, who was called Nemesis, they were um they'd gotten these powers and uh, they, and then Samaritan became a hero. Nemesis became a villain. They were fighting each other and they died in this. uh, They seem to have died in this, in this fight. Or did they? Or did they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, 15 years later, you've got this kid, Sam, who is obsessed with the idea of of Samaritan. And he's in, he he starts to suspect that his, his neighbor who's played by uh, Sylvester Stallone was uh was samaritan and you start to find out that Stallone does have superpowers and it seems and there's a twist at the end which might kind of seem obvious now yeah. <laughs> just by listening <laughs> to us talk about it. Uh we'll get to it uh so spoiler warnings if you have not seen this movie we will probably be spoiling the the ending. But at the whole time at the same time that this is all going on there's this um like local gang leader or criminal Uh, called Cyrus who is obsessed with Nemesis and he's trying to like finish the work that Nemesis started by you know plunging the city into chaos type of thing so and Sam is kind of caught in the middle because he's this you know he's he's this poor kid you know living with a single mom who is barely making ends meet like she's often you know they're off like they're getting an eviction notice posted on their apartment every day she has to borrow money from from her (laughs) son to take the bus yeah And, um, and then, uh, and he start, and he's doing, you know, like these small kind of like little crimes, like stealing copper wire from an abandoned building and stuff like that to try and make some extra money. And he ends up getting roped into this, this gang with Cyrus in, uh, in some certain ways, because Cyrus kind of, kind of takes a liking to the kid and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's kind of like the, the basics of where this movie starts off from. So what were, um, I, I think you'd said you'd seen this movie before when you first emailed me, right?
2: Yeah, well I I'd started watching it and I it it felt like a, a bait and switch for Astro City fans because you hear <laughs> oh a superhero movie, you know, called Samaritan. yeah uh, uh, uh is it oh, it's starring Celeste Stallone. Yeah, nope, not not that Samaritan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I remember uh, you, you mentioned Astro City in your email and I remember being surprised, I'm like, wait, that movie was stallone. That was based on Astro City and then then when I looked it up nope. and it said it was based on this other comic book completely. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. So Which I never just heard a,
2: and I tried to find them, but I yeah you know, uh I could only find like two issues from like some like Comic Vine knockoff that seemed a little had too many pop up ads for me to feel comfortable ordering from. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean I see the I can see it on when I do an image when I do a search for Wikipedia, I see the images pop up, but um that's about it as far as it, uh, which shows you probably how much faith they had in this, in this <laughs> movie. Cause if they didn't reissue the comic or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so I have no idea what the comic was like or anything like that. If it's, if it's better than this movie. Um, but overall, what was kind of your thoughts of, about this movie when you watched it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, when I, when I first watched it, I, yeah, I, I, didn't enjoy it <laughs> frankly mm-hmm. i you know, uh, my my husband was actually like you know tried to join me and then i think he made it through like 40 minutes he <laughs> <It> was <laughs> just like you know uh you can keep watching i'll go do something else <laughs> <laughs> but but that character cyrus i think represents like the uh the the Fully wasted potential, like the the mm-hmm. best the best germ of an idea, yeah. You know, the idea that Nemesis was actually like the the revolutionary uh, character, but he was just cast as the supervillain because mm-hmm. you know that's how like media plays it or something. And mm-hmm. and I think if like, if that had been you know how everything developed from, then this would have been like, an amazing you know subversive like. Yeah, interesting you know, superhero film could really you know redefine the whole thing. But then it just
0: kind of yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like when when Cyrus gives that speech about how you know he's like I've got a different perspective. Nemesis was actually the hero. He fought for people like us, whereas Samaritan only fought for the rich. He was basically just a cop in a mask. And I'm just like, oh, this is this is an interesting. This is a novel take. You know, playing with the yeah. idea of. Of you know the morality and, and the ethics of being a superhero and who do the superheroes really fight? For. I'm like, this sounds pretty interesting. I'm, I'm on board with this. And then that idea just kind of gets dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And just never speak of it again. And then mm. Cyrus turns into just a mustache twirling. Yeah. You know, I think even literally like, <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> you no, know, you know, like, and yeah, like they, they, you know, there's some like, you know, like the the newscast talking about the chaos of the city, that the mm. the financial district is getting attacked or whatever. Like, oh, okay, and uh, and and then yeah, just you know, he decides he's gonna go on like a murder spree and like you know plunge the city into you know chaos and like uh, all right, well, yeah,
0: you know the thing that that drove me nuts about it is because i was getting a lot of joker vibes from it you know the, the todd phillips movie oh, and yeah. because there it had a lot of that same kind of idea with like you know this this idea of like you know the the city's workers are on strike there's all this unrest in the city because of budget cutbacks and you know you know increased homelessness and people are and there's this it, it and the city is basically becoming a pressure cooker and i'm like okay this is interesting I, and i'm thinking like all right is this kind of going to be like the anti-joker film right is this going to be kind of like the the other side of that where instead of giving into that chaos we see a hero rise above it and try to bring people together or something like that which would have been so much more interesting but instead it's just all of that is just background dressing and just gets completely shoved to the side in favor of what is basic honestly on its surface a pretty boring story about this annoying (laughs) little kid (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i felt i i i i eventually just came to like almost feel sorry for that actor because like you know he, mm-hmm. he was on euphoria so the, you know like a critically acclaimed cable drama probably thought that you know a, a superhero movie starring sylvester Stallone was like, the next you know big step for his career is gonna mm-hmm. you know take off uh for acting and then just a wet thud of a whole thing yeah right?
0: I mean, you know what? It's, and and this is, I'm completely biased. I will admit this, but I hate, I hate, I hate, (laughs) I hate the precocious kid sidekick character. Aside from short round, short round is the exception that proves the rule. But otherwise (laughs) that kid in every single movie is just annoying as shit. And I just want to smack him. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what Sam is in this movie, right? He's just this annoying, not only that, He's a freaking creeper. Like I think it would have been actually a lot more interesting if it turns out that Stallone is not a hero at all. is not is not Samaritan or nemesis, but instead it's just because when he think when he starts to suspect Joe, he goes to his room and he opens this door and we see he's got a list of people that he suspects being Samaritan and then he (laughs) goes. And he goes to this bookshop and the, and the bookshop, this like indie bookshop and the bookshop owner, he's like fed up with this kid. He's like, no, not (laughs) you again. And he's like, who is it now? You said last time you said it was your janitor. And and it just like, kind of like, I'm like, this kid is fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If he was like, like,
2: that could have gone like such a darker direction where like Sam's just dissociating from reality.
0: Yeah. i mean i think that would have been a lot more interesting if if sam is hallucinating all this stuff i think that would have been a whole lot more interesting as a movie but no it, it ends yeah. up justifying his you know his obsession oh, yeah. and and it's just like it's it's yeah and like the whole yeah,
2: you were the right way the, along
0: yeah yeah and the way the friendship developed between him and joe i just i did not buy it at all it just it it all felt completely forced
2: oh yeah they they had a, a point A to a point B and like even like that's part of why my husband gave up is because the scenes mm. don't seem to like follow one another like we've we're no. never really like it it's just you know we've got a scene of you know Sam, then we've got a scene of of Joe then we've got a scene of Cyrus then back to Sam for a little bit, and like well, who's the main character how who mm-hmm. are we supposed to be following here and, well and,
0: it's funny and, I was talking about yeah, I was talking about the runtime with um, with The Marvels, which is very similar to this. Marvels is like 107 minutes or something like that. This is like 101 minutes. So very similar run times except The Marvels moves at a pretty brisk pace. It's a it's a fun movie. You get into it and before you know it it's done. And then this one, it just drags. It makes you feel every minute of that 101 minute.
2: Uh it, it it was my idea. I I I, now I, I almost feel like uh, I should apologize. <laughs> no, I mean it.
0: it it's totally like I'm, I'm. totally fine with. Um, I I actually I I do enjoy looking at movies that were you know kind of kind of panned because there is some stuff that I, I sometimes there's stuff I can find and say like no there's some good stuff here to talk about right it's not completely worthless, and again I think there is some stuff about that right The like we said that that whole idea of the the heroes not really the hero we think he is it's all just kind of like oh, media sure. propaganda i think that kind of stuff is very interesting especially you know we're we're seeing kind of a variation of that right now in in the news at the time with the the israel palestine conflict where for for years the the western media said like oh israel is uh you know completely the good guy completely in the right and now we're starting to see that media narrative change and saying like well you know maybe they're not so, as good as we always thought they were and so we're starting yeah. to see the change in that media narrative and that's that's an interesting idea to play with how the media influences our perceptions of right and wrong good and evil and all that kind of stuff and if they had played with that idea they would have had something really interesting and really unique but instead it's just Absolutely. it's just you know it, it and especially for the fact this came out in 2022 it, it feels like a movie I... from like 2002 <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I mean, you've got, you know, the abolish the police movement, you've got Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter, you've got all these contemporary political concerns that could easily be folded into this, Uh, you know, like, you know, Boots Riley has described Marvel movies as cop movies, and he's Mm -hmm. not wrong. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's a lot of fertile ground to play with. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Uh, you know and and even the idea like you know leaning into the uh, you know instead of like joe being this disaffected hero but instead he's actually like just an
0: exhausted revolutionary or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah well especially because you know again spoilers but the big twist we find out at the end is that joe wasn't actually samaritan he was actually nemesis and then after and then yeah after his brother died he felt so much guilt that he just kind of you know gave up after that and um and, and we see these little things like when he's talking to, Sam, when Sam's asking him like, why are you fixing things all the time? Cause he's always going into like the dumpsters and stuff. He's always taking these broken electronics and everything and taking them back to his place and fixing them up. And he says, and, he, and I, I'll give Stallone some credit here because he, he's not a bad actor. He can act when he tries oh. and he does oh, yeah. try. And so, there there are times when he is trying to, I think do something more with this role than what he's given. And yes. I mean, I thought that, that speech he gave when he talks about how it's very easy to destroy things, but when, you know, uh, you destroy something out of anger, but when you fix things, it's relaxing, it takes work. And I thought that was a really good, um, a really good speech he gave. And I thought, you know, he was earnest when he gave that speech. And I thought he did a, he did the best job. I think anyone could have given this material. I mean, he's not an Oscar caliber actor, but <laughs> he, he can, he's, he's also not, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme or anything like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. And he's clearly having fun with it. I mean, like, whenever he, like, you know, like, betrays a little smile or, like, you know, uh, you, know like, you, you almost, like, can't tell is that, you know, the character or is that just Stallone enjoying the fact that he can, like, be a superhero? Because, like, mm-hmm. even, because he is, uh, what? He's in the Guardians, right? In the MCU? Yeah, like, yeah, he is? he's yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, Starhawk. Starhawk. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And also, you know, he's the voice of King Shark in the Suicide Squad as well. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah, you know, the the joy <laughs> that comes mm. through. I, I almost wish, that, you know, like put put uh, Stallone's King Shark and Ron Funches' King Shark, uh, you know, the <laughs> two sides of the you know the same character. Uh, yeah. So...
0: We don't, the thing it was funny I was looking at letterbox reviews to kind of see what other people were saying about this movie and one person said like well you know didn't really like this movie but I prefer seeing Stallone do this as opposed to just being the voice of a giant shark I'm like what are you crazy I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only I mean I will say too I... like I mean Stallone is 76 Oof. dude is in amazing shape yeah <laughs> he's in better shape than I am and I'm like half his age yeah <laughs>
2: seriously oh my god I, you know yeah I, my dad's uh you know in his mid-70s and doesn't carry himself nearly as well no <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah yeah um definitely not um and just too like the so he does a pretty good it's good a job as anyone can but and again that reveal of you know him being nemesis comes out of nowhere like it is just yeah. not developed not hinted at the only close the only segments of a hint we get is that is that scene when he when he's talking about it's easy to destroy things but it, it's harder to fix them that's the only thing that we get to foreshadowing <laughs> but that could easily be applied to to samaritan as well so it's it's yeah it's too subtle and it's just when they get that reveal i'm just kind of like it just it, it feels like it comes out of nowhere it feels completely unearned
2: oh absolutely like the uh, and yeah, and yet at, at the same time, like you know, it feels telegraphed, you know, but not mm-hmm. because of any like foreshadowing, but just because, you know, yeah, like oh, you know, uh, we better have a twist or something, like it, exactly, it, yeah, yeah, uh, it, like I think I was even like describing the setup to this movie to a, a friend the other day, and and even he was like, oh, does he turn out to be nemesis? Like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Like,
0: laughs> Well, someone also another one on Letterboxd I saw said that when you order Unbreakable on Wish (laughs) 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 and they're not wrong. I mean, this does it it does kind of feel like they're trying to do like an Unbreakable type movie where, you know, at the end you get the twist that the that the guy you thought was a good guy is actually the villain all along. And, you know, it's kind of like a darker, more grounded, realistic take on superheroes. It does feel a lot like Unbreakable, but nowhere near as clever or as well executed.
2: Yeah. And like the, the whole like world doesn't, you know uh like it like in unbreakable I you know, you you could tell like you know, where everyone was and you know, you, you know mm-hmm. what was like happening, like the, the landscape was filled in sort of like this and uh, in in Samaritan, like you know, we're told that, you know, oh the city's on fire, but mm-hmm. you know, nobody seems to act with any sort of urgency about that. <laughs> like there's never yeah, you
0: know, also i don't understand talking about the world building i don't really understand what the impetus is for them to to have these powers in the first place or how any of this stuff really works i mean yeah, it's one just thing born if you with it you? yeah i mean it's one thing if you if you give me something like like mutants in the X Men movies, right? You, well, you establish that there's an evolutionary reason for why they have these powers. You know, in other superhero movies, you know, they establish there's a reason why these things exist. Here, it's just these guys have powers, and yeah. somehow one of them crafts a mystical sledgehammer. I'm like, well, and then there are these <laughs> weird blackout bombs, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, there's <laughs> none of this makes any sense. None of this is explained at all.
2: Oh man, that sledgehammer, like. Uh, like when did it suddenly become lord of the rings like it just yeah like they they the the way they frame it and the way that like it even has like a glowing red eye in the in mm. the front i'm like what well, is is that intentional
0: or is that like what where did that come from Like <laughs> just yeah, yeah like. well what kills me too is they give you like this very extended very um Dragging monologue in the beginning that's supposed to provide this info dump, but it it Ooh. doesn't tell you anything. It does not <laughs> explain any of this stuff.
2: I I tried to take notes when I was like watching this, and I just <clears> gave up. And like, yeah, that was one of the first things. Like, he he gives like two lines of exposition, and then he says, "Oh, but let me go back to the beginning." I'm like, "We're three minutes in. What do you mm-hmm. mean this is the beginning?" Like, yeah, it, yeah. it felt like a lot of it felt like it could have used another draft. Like, mm-hmm. and that's. That's part of why, like, I'm wondering just how much of this is from the the comic, how much of it was developed. I I've I've tried, you know, uh, find a, a few like reviews and whatnot, and it does say that the the comic kind of develops the idea that, mm-hmm. you know, Nemesis was actually more of like a revolutionary instead of a supervillain. But I know that that's the that's all that it says. And yeah, like, no no origin story, no. It, scientific mm-hmm. explanation for why they have powers or how the and you get like some you know explanation for how the powers work with that like when he uh was it stallone like starts overheating and he has to like mm-hmm. run under the shower and then he's like eating nothing but ice cream <laughs> but yeah even then like you know so does he only eat ice cream <laughs> like, mm-hmm. does he, you know does he does he need to eat like normal people or not like yeah nothing
0: it also that also felt weird because like the the effort he exerts himself in in that scene it's nowhere near as the effort he exerts himself at the end of the movie and yet yeah. that first scene it seems like he needs more to replenish himself whereas at the end it's just like he gets splashed with just this brief dose of water and then he's when the pipe stopped pumping out water, I thought, oh, it's not going to be enough. He's going to – and he's going to die. And then it's like, oh, no, he's t- totally fine now. I'm like, okay, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was going to be some sort of, like, tension or something. But, mm. yeah, no, it's just uh, – yeah.
0: I mean, to be honest, I don't even know why you needed them to have superpowers in this movie at all. Because I think, like, if you had just had them as, you know, masked vigilant brothers who were mass vigilantes and – you know, no superpowers, just like, you know, they were just vigilantes. I think you could have, this would have worked just as well because the, the powers are completely incidental to the plot.
2: Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, I guess, like, there's, like, some demonstration of, like, you know, super strength and invulnerability, but, like, you could have easily written around that. Like, you could no... have,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only reason the only reason I feel like the the powers exist in this world is so that there's no doubt that Joe was either Samaritan or Nemesis, right? So when he heals from that car crash, that's the only thing that's the, otherwise we don't need those powers. They don't really factor into the story at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even like, you know, cause the, the sledgehammer has like the, it's like the only thing that can defeat him. And there's mm-hmm. like that weird, like mystical, but I mean, it, it's still just a, sledgehammer like you can like, at one yeah. point he's not even like fighting the, the the sledgehammer he's just punching Cyrus who's just a regular guy right so, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: and the sledgehammer doesn't give Cyrus any powers or anything so it just feels like in which I think also would have worked a little bit better if it actually gave Cyrus some degree of, of strength or something but otherwise it's just like I don't get why this guy's such a threat then you could just rip his head off <laughs> <laughs>
2: And even also, then, you know, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like he, he he what what's his like final plan? He like drives a, a garbage truck full of explosives into the uh villain headquarters like <laughs> I feel like there's a cop in the background going, well, I could have done that. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, when he goes into the junkyard, I was expecting, like, oh, he's going to go into, like, his, you know, his secret storage where he's got, like, a spare costume or something like that. And it's just like, no, he's just going to go steal a garbage truck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if you're going to... I mean, look, I know... If if you're going to use, like, the superhero genre and, like, you know, hint at these kinds of tropes, like, either use them or subvert them. Don't just hint at them, and then do something completely different that doesn't serve any real purpose. <laughs> and, like, also, too, the costumes that Nemesis and Samaritan wear, I don't know about you, but I could not tell them apart in those flashback fight scenes because oh they God, look completely they... <laughs> identical.
2: Yeah. I think, like, they, they, maybe in, like, close-up, like, the, you know, because you've mm. had, like, Nemesis with, like, the... Uh, but, yeah, the just generic hockey pad costumes mm-hmm. nothing yeah to distinguish. yeah
0: way too similar way too generic way too just boring like there's mm-hmm. just no sense of style or design at all i mean like the samaritan logo looks pretty cool but that's about it and it's just like but it's just so used in such a bland way on the costume itself
2: yeah they did just spray painted onto the chest plate or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: yeah which, again, might have been okay if you were doing more of a just straight vigilante thing or something, but, but oh, sure, just, yeah. like, the way you're doing it where, like, you're trying to establish, like, this is some, like, epic superhero showdown type. It just doesn't work. It just feels very bland. Yeah. Completely. I mean, at the very least, give them, you know, give them completely different helmets or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because when Cyrus, design, right? yeah. yeah, I mean, when Cyrus goes into the police station and he finds the two helmets side by side, I'm just like, which one is Nemesis, which one is Samaritan's? I can't tell.
2: <laughs> I thought that too, yeah, I, and then, like, the one, the, we're supposed to know that the one is Samaritan's because it's crushed, but then, like, mm-hmm. they, that didn't, and especially with, like, what we found out, like, okay, yeah, you know, Samaritan was the one who died, but that, like, yeah, still didn't,
0: didn't help <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah um we also had some uh now overall you know what i kept thinking when i was looking at uh so is was... he's a looks like he's a dutch actor i think a uh, danish actor i'm probably gonna mispronounce his name but pilo Asbach, who plays cyrus oh, yeah. um you know what i kept thinking as i'm watching him in this movie is i actually think this guy might be pretty impressive as saber tooth Oh yeah,
2: I can see that. You know, He's he had like, got the kind of like fur the, collar. the
0: fur collar. He's got kind of like that look. He's got kind of like that manic intensity. I thought he could probably he might actually make a pretty convincing saber tooth.
2: I can see that. Yeah.
0: Um and then we had uh Dasha Polanco from um uh what's that show? Uh, Orange of the New Black as uh is Tiffany as uh Sam's mom. Um oh. And you know, I liked seeing Martin Starr as the as the book as the bookshop owner. Uh. <laughs> it was a nice little <laughs> Because my wife was kind of like tuning in and out with me as I was watching this movie. And and she commented on that. She's like, wait, isn't that? He looks familiar. I'm like, yeah, that's Martin Starr. He was, she's like, he was in the Marvel movies, right? And I'm like, Yeah, he was in the Spider-Man. She's like, oh, that's right. He was the yeah. teacher. Yeah. It is so funny because I, I knew Martin Starr first from um, Freaks and Geeks. And so now uh, seeing yeah. him playing the teacher in the Spider-Man movies is pretty funny. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he really has like developed completely. Like, you know, freaks and geeks, and then uh, party down, and now the mm-hmm. you know teacher. Uh, you know, you can almost make an argument that like you know his, his, when his teacher character in uh, Spider-Man retires, he opens a bookstore, and you know this you, like yeah. an unofficial sequel. <laughs> um,
0: but also we had this uh, you know uh, Cyrus's girlfriend who was also kind of like she she had like this weird relationship with Sam which at first yeah. i kind of liked what they were doing with it where it's like you know she's kind of like you know taking a liking to him you know she's you know she's talking about his family and stuff like that but then she just turns around and she's like on a dime she just starts threatening him and i'm just like you could have had a chance here to make this character you know seem more like a human being instead of a cartoon character and he just yeah. <laughs> completely wasted it
2: uh yeah, she has that whole like speech about how like Cyrus is her family and found her mm. when she was homeless and they like, you know and and everything and, and and yeah, and then just like with with no motivation, just suddenly yeah.
0: On a dime out of nowhere, I'm like, this is a this is an eleven year old kid or thirteen year old <laughs> kid, whatever he is. Like he's but, yeah. and you're telling like telling him telling her don't threaten my family. I'm like, what do you think this kid's gonna do? Jesus <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're the and one also with the guns. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I, that's another thing too. I just could not. I think maybe this would have made more sense if Sam was a little bit older, and like that might mm. explain more why Cyrus is interested in him. But in the but overall, like that just it feels it just doesn't connect really to the, like the. It doesn't make logical sense why he be this interested in this kid being this involved in his operation.
2: He yeah, there's like a. a couple of like throwaway lines about how you know oh i i like you you're like scrappy or you remind me mm-hmm. of me or whatever and you know but which again like you know every like comic book villain cliche of the whole mm-hmm. world we're, we're not that different <clears throat> you and i uh, yeah but, yeah 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 but then just no 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 development no you know connection like he clearly like you know I, I, like even that that weird like quasi like attempt at humor where like you find out that Sam can't whistle, so he'd make a terrible lookout. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to get a, a scene where one of his mentor figures tries to teach him how to whistle or something. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Just <clears throat> never comes up again. Doesn't. <laughs> completely irrelevant to the plot.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Also, the whole idea of Sam's father, right, who was this criminal who Samaritan had saved at one point – That's also something that would have been interesting to explore a little bit, but it's just dropped like almost as soon as it's just like this one throwaway line. And that's it. Like every time this movie has a chance to (laughs) develop an idea and into something that makes that would make this film a little bit more interesting, elevated above just, you know, kind of like a pale imitation of a generic superhero movie. It takes it. It's like, oh, no, we're too afraid to do that. We have to go back to the we have to just make it more generic. (laughs)
2: I mean, part of it I do kind of wonder if it was just like the, uh, like the the circumstances of filming. Because I think on the Wikipedia page, I I was like reading up on the production, and it said something like, you know, and filming began February twenty like, twenty. Oh, mm-hmm. that didn't bode well. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Really rushed this thing through as soon as they were able to turn it back on again
0: well yeah that seems what happened because like it said that filming began on in late february 2020 um and then march 14th it went on hiatus due to COVID 19 and then in october 2020 it started it resumed again and and then it was released you know just last year
2: see i do wonder
0: yeah (laughs) see i do wonder like how much um, it doesn't say when production completed, right? It just says that filming had resumed in uh, October 2020, um, and uh, yeah, it was finally released in August 2022. So, um, but and it, it like the consensus on Rotten Tomato is at uh, 38, but consensus yeah. is that uh, although it's better than it could have been, it's creatively underpowered, and I think that's a pretty good way to to describe it. There is.
2: Yeah. It, there's some right
0: there. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here, but it's just they drop it as soon as they as soon as it comes up every single yeah. time. And I for the life of me, I don't know why. I am kind of curious to see what the original comic was like, to see if it, you know, developed those ideas a little bit more. Like you said, you know, the Nemesis thing is a little bit more he comes off as more of a revolutionary in that. But the other thing too is like they said according to Wikipedia, a sequel is in development for this movie. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, saw that. I don't know where you go with this. Cause you've already yeah. <laughs> introduced and thrown away all the most interesting parts of this story.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, and they, they show him like leaving the city. Yeah. You know, so like, it, what they just like, are they just going to recycle the, the same plot? I mean, what, where, yeah. Like where do you go from here? What exactly? Else? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, overall, it's, you know, I mean, I, I w- the, the name thing didn't bother me just because I've seen like tons of characters with the similarity Astro City you mentioned just because I've seen tons of characters that had the similar name. So that didn't bother me at all, but just like the, so I went in this with a, with an open mind. And when I first saw the trailer, I actually thought, you know, even before you emailed me, I, I'd seen the trailer for this movie and I'm like, oh, that looks like it might be interesting. Um, and it just totally. Yeah. And it just didn't. Again, there's some good ideas, but it just they don't connect at all and it just ends up being very generic. I mean you could just Google uh, the the poster because it has this um, yeah. image of Stallone and the in the Samaritan costume reflected underneath in the water and you can see just from that it does not look anything impressive.
2: Yeah, I, the, that poster, too, like, even that, like, again, like, so much of this seems like it was, like, rushed, or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't get a second draft, because, like, that poster has two different logos for Samaritan, <laughs> you know, you've got, like, the, the, the stylized S, and then you've got, like, the the, the the orange one underneath the That's title. right, like, you're right, I didn't even yeah. notice that,
0: but yeah, you're right. So, yeah, just, overall, just kind of a disappointment, um... Not, really, I, I wouldn't say it's, it it's not like, you know, again, it's not as bad as like Morbius or something like that, but it's just, <laughs> there's just, but there's just not much here that they're, they're giving us to work with.
2: Yeah. Or they, they, they have so much to work with and they just like, don't touch it. they they Right. They yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's, uh, do you have any final thoughts about Samaritan? Uh,
2: yeah, no, I just, uh. I almost feel like that it should be like remade immediately and you know but like with the 'cause i you know like like developing all of the ideas that we've hit upon like mm. you know like that's that's definitely a, a superhero movie and like and I know that there are uh you know uh comics that explore such ideas i mean you mm. know there's there's like plenty of indie books that, you know uh the the comic book uh, black by uh by i think boom Studios put it out like that was really good but yeah uh enough said i guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're i you know i'm I'm someone who believes there's no such thing as a as a bad superhero that i think every every every, every even the ones that are that execute that are that turn out bad tend to be just bad because of execution like i'd see this from mm. looking at like a lot of these characters and I'm working on a comic book based on public domain characters. And you know, oh, looking nice. back at them and trying to see like okay, this, you know, this seems like it would have worked. This has got like the germ of a good idea. Let's change this up here and find something here to do. Um you could I could I I could easily do that with with this character. Like there's so much potential here in this idea that is just completely wasted. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, Devin, thanks for coming on though and um why don't you oh, tell absolutely. people Why don't you tell people where they can find your stuff?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm on social media, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Blue Sky, uh, Devin Agonistes. Uh, You can tell I was an English major. Uh, D-E-V-I-N-A-G-O-N-I-S-T-E-S. The best place to keep track of all my uh, musings and uh, uh, projects is my uh, substack, Devin's Chicago Comics Book Club Digest. It's just uh, devinwhitlock.substack.com. Uh, and yeah, I uh, look forward to uh, you know, maybe talking with you again someday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and is that book club if, for people who are in the Chicagoland area? Is that, is that an open book club or is it closed?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we meet the, the third Wednesday of every month uh, at uh, Gracie O'Malley's uh, Portage Park.
0: Okay, because I know we got, I know we've got at least some listeners here, and at least one or two guests who are from the Chicagoland area. So if anyone's interested, awesome. definitely, definitely look that stuff up as well. As for us, we are superhero dot That's the website. Uh, Super Cinema Pod on the socials. That's Instagram and Blue Sky and Threads. Technically Twitter, but you know, now that Elon Musk has (laughs) completely outed himself as a Nazi, I don't really go there anymore. Uh, So pretty much Instagram, uh, Blue Blue Sky, especially, that's where I spend most of the time these days. So that's the easiest place to find me. Uh, Also... You know, you can support our comic book, uh, crowdfunder.com slash Paragon's comic. That's crowdfunder without the ecom slash Paragon's comic uh, links to that will be in the show notes as well as to Devin stuff as well. So please check those out. Uh, by the time you listen to this, the comics crowdfunding period will hopefully be finished and we'll be releasing it. But you will still be able to pick it up. So please make sure to do that. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. Superhero Cinephiles is produced by me, Percival Constantine, with the support of Zencaster. The show is created by myself and the late, great Derek Ferguson, our host Emeritus. Visit us on the web at superherocinephiles.com to listen to past episodes or find out how you can be a guest yourself. Support the show by visiting our advertiser links or click the Buy Me A Coffee link on the website to make a one-time donation. You can also support us by visiting crowdfunder.com slash paragonscomic. That's crowdfunder with no E, dot com slash paragons comic and help support my superhero comic book paragons of earth we are super cinema pod on both instagram and blue sky so please be sure to follow us we'd also appreciate if you could rate and review the show on apple podcasts and share us with your friends Thank you for listening. And as always, good night, good evening, God bless.